Welcome, Sharp Nation, to Sharp Radio. Sorry about the delay in action last week. I had senior night and kind of got behind on some projects we had to get done. Some other coaches were busy, so no Sharp Radio, no podcast last week. But we're back this week. We got fall sports is winding down. We got only a few teams left playing this season. We have boys and girls cross country still competing, and we'll run in the region championships tomorrow, Saturday, at Bluffton High School. The girls will start at 9.30 a.m. The boys will follow after that. Good luck to the boys and the girls. Football has clinched the number one seed in the state playoffs next week and will host North Myrtle Beach in what will be a very tough early round matchup. They travel to Hilton Head tonight with the region championship already sewn up, but need to win to keep the positive momentum heading into the playoffs. Good luck to football. The major shark news was obviously girls golf, who defended their 2020 state championship with another state title in 2021. The May River girls golf team that Again, won their second championship in a row. They competed at the Crescent Golf Club on Monday and Tuesday of this week and blew away the competition. May River posted a very strong score of 324 on day one and held a commanding 21-stroke lead heading into the final day. Hallie Bowes led the Sharks, as usual, with a 1-over-72, and the two impressive freshmen, Robin Zetrauer and Claire Green, shot an 80 and 81 respectively. Sophomore Haley Appersback shot a 91, and the Sharks' lead was very comfortable going into day two. But May River slammed the door shut on any hopes of a comeback from the competition on the front nine on Tuesday morning. The girls were a remarkable eight over after the team finished the front nine. At that point, the rest of the field didn't know it, but the state championship was staying with May River. The girls not only held off the competition, but blew the doors off of everyone with an even better score on day two of 315. The Sharks finished with a 44-stroke victory over state runner-up Hilton Head to capture their second state title in as many years. That is back-to-back titles for the first time in May River history, so congratulations, girls. Our all-state, our all-state team was made up of Claire Green, freshman Claire Green, who finished 10th as an individual, Robin Zetrauer, freshman Robin Zetrauer, who finished 6th, and our number one, Kylie Bowes, was your state runner-up. Those three grabbed all-state honors. Congratulations, girls. Speaking of Kylie Bowes, when we come back, we will have an interview with the senior about golf in general, but also what it meant to win a second state championship in her senior year. We'll be right back. Shark Radio is brought to you by Low Country Lawn Systems, a new and upcoming business LCLS specializes in yard drainage, irrigation, and landscape installs. Call Low Country Lawn Systems with all of your outdoor yard needs today. All right, welcome back to Shark Radio. As I promised, we have Kylie Bowes in the set with us. Kylie, welcome. Thank you for having me. All right, so we'll get into talking about the state championship and May River golf and all that stuff. We kind of want to start outside of May River a little bit. So roughly how many tournaments do you play in a year and kind of where are they located? Well, I mean, outside of high school season, I try to at least get two a month. Um, That kind of averages to North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina. But I always try to get two a month at most, uh, sometimes even three, sometimes one, just to get that experience, get out there, have that, have that notes and everything, my scores. Do you have to have a certain handicap to enter those tournaments or how does that work? Some, it, it depends. Some can be like invitationals. Some are just scoring average wise, but most of them, you do have to be a certain level in order to get into them. All right. So for people who don't know, 
Callie has committed to play golf at Marshall. What went into your decision to commit and play uh, at Marshall? Well, the, the decision was always something that I was told was going to be the hardest that I'd make so far, and it was. Um, going into it, obviously, you got to kind of look at the coach. That's not the whole thing, but you have to see the coach as a person. You kind of have to look at the girls. Is that, are they people you would get along with? Um, the school in general, outside of golf, academics, like things you things you just see as a college, not just an athlete. Um the community, that was something that really pulled me in, especially at Marshall. And just the, the overall athletic program is insane. And I, I knew that's where I wanted to go right away. That's awesome. All right. So obviously last year, you know, we were a state champion as well. Um, kind of compare the feeling heading into this year's state championship, maybe on Sunday, Sunday evening, as compared to last year. Well, we were definitely more confident going into this year. Last year with my sister, um, we just really wanted to get that state championship because we didn't know we could, but we thought we thought we had the talent too, and we ended up doing so. This year, I I felt like we already had a lot more talent than last year. Um, we had some great players, good dedication. I we knew the course we were hosting, so it was just a, a whole different aspect going into it. I felt good. My game was pretty good too, and I knew like if I got those scores in the the team would do well and the whole team came together and we shot some pretty low scores. So was there, did you feel any more pressure this year compared to last year because you had won it or just, you know, similar? Not, not really. I mean, we knew the competition going into it and uh, we kind of tracked that throughout the season. And we, we knew that we had to get in order, we had to get a certain score in order to, to get the win. And mm -hmm. it, it wasn't, it wasn't that stressful, but we, yeah. we got it in the end. <laughs> So what is the mental preparation that goes into focusing kind of the day, the night before a round, an important round like the state championship? Well, I, I always try to quiet my mind. I, I don't like to stress about things that could happen. I don't let doubt creep in. Um, I always try to just read or do something, listen to music, just think of other things. And I always try to remember that I, I did the work. I already did the preparation. Now I just go, I just have to go out and do it, you know, so. Basically clear the mind. Mm-hmm. All right, so most people watch golf on TV and you know, see the PGA and all that stuff, and it's an individual sport. They think individually. But in high school and in college, golf is still a, a team sport. So, obviously, you talk about what you did individually. Do you guys talk through your rounds with each other or what they look like beforehand or maybe from Monday to Tuesday, from round one to two? Do you kind of talk as a team like that or you just kind of all do your own thing and it kind of comes together? For sure. I'm, I mean, golf is a team sport and you do have to do things individually, but like that team aspect is huge. For example, practice rounds, we go out there, we, we think of clubs to hit, we, we help each other, you know, yeah, you have to kind of think of it as a team aspect and go into it thinking, how are each one of us going to get the job done? And in order to do so, you need to take, you need to take things from other people, get, get up opinions and everything. And I mean, on the individual side of it, you got to think, now I have everything, all, all the opinions. Now I need to go out and do it and actually get the job done, you know, so. So we kind of compared your feeling, you know, the night before, the day before the state championship. What was the feeling compared to last year after winning it? Uh, I, I don't know. It just felt right. You know, my, my sister and I and last year's team, like we did it last year. It felt awesome. It like, but this year the dedication was huge. Like the girls really wanted it. And after doing it, and especially having such a huge lead, it was it it felt rewarding. We we put in so much work to it, and it, it just felt right. So, and just out of curiosity, I, I kind of 
if you saw me because you made the turn, I watched you play, then I went back on hole eight, hole seven, and, and kind of I'm getting the scores, so I kind of know at the turn it, it's going to be almost impossible for us to lose. At what point do you guys know as individuals that this thing is basically over? Obviously, going into day two, you were comfortable with the 21-stroke lead, but you still got to play golf. There's a lot of holes. There's a lot of strokes. You know, a lot of things can go well or go, go wrong in, in a round of golf. So at what point did you guys kind of know it was over? Well, I mean, golf is a game of luck. Like, it, it could have gone so bad for us and so well for another team. And even though we had a huge lead and, like, anything could have happened and we, we knew that we had to still keep that same mindset of we needed to get the job done, we needed to stick to our notes, we needed to do what we needed to do in order to win, and we did that, and it was super awesome. Did you know anyone else's scores before you came in on a whole 18? I did not, yeah. know. I didn't know if Coach Manassi – I hear some coaches, like um, – I think it was the AC Flora number one. What was her name? Uh, uh, what's her name? He played Merritt. Merit. Yeah, so she, I heard her over talking with her coach. She was kind of asking where her teammates were. So I didn't know if Coach Manassi did that with you guys or not, or you just kind of focused and, and ran through your round. You, usually she comes over to me and it's a little, how's everyone doing? And it's yeah. either a good or, or not good. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I got a good, so yeah. I knew that. That's good. <laughs> All right, so now that we've won a state championship, I have heard the national tournament invite has already been extended. So this is held in the very prestigious Pinehurst Golf Club in North Carolina, something you guys got a chance to do, you know, last year. How was it playing on those courses? It, it's intimidating, you know, like every, every every golfer knows these these courses and they they held, uh, they hold a lot of history. Um, but I it's the same kind of thing. I stuck to my plan. Obviously, we had those practice rounds. You just kind of you have to play the courses smart. That that's the key to everything. And if you know how to play it, then you just got to stick to the mindset that you have the plan. You just got to stick to it. And that's what I did last year. And that's what I'm going to do this year. too. Are they, are they generally more narrow than the they are they play for the most part? They look mm -hmm. narrow on TV. So I'm assuming they're you know obviously more difficult the narrower they are. So they're, they're narrow and the greens are tough. Usually yeah. they're, they're rolling like 12s. Yeah. Like they're, they're fast. Yeah. Well, good. Again, congratulations. I thought, so on when you teed off at 18, I happened to be with actually Justin Jarrett of Loco Sports and, getting a ride on his card. It was just kind of cool realizing this was your final hole at May River. Took a picture, put it on Twitter. So it's kind of cool. I want to congratulate you. Thank you for all your hard work and appreciate, obviously, what you've done at May River. Thanks again, Kylie. Thank you so much. Shark Radio is sponsored by Palmetto Bug Company, a commercial and residential bug control solution. Owned and operated by an educational professional, we make customer service a priority. Palmetto Bug Company. All right, welcome back to Shark Radio. We want to thank Kylie Bowes for her in, her interview and insight to the state championship. Coach Whitmore was there Monday, Tuesday. He was a <clears throat> starter for us. Appreciate it, Coach. What do you think about the state tournament? Yeah, they did a great job. Uh, Coach Manassi ran a great tournament. The girls played awesome. Um, they represented the school well. I uh, couldn't be happier for them. They really deserve it. All right. Well, we took a took a I, week I was off. teaching. I was yeah, teaching. Coach, I was in the trenches. Thanks, they thanks for uh, <laughs> you know it, taking it, things over for me, pal. I no really problem. Appreciate I it. held it. I held it down. You're well. Trenches. We took a week off last week. You know, we're busy at the senior night. A lot of stuff going on, but but we're back. The podcast <laughs> is back, and the theme is Halloween. So I'm gonna play. Ooh. I'm gonna play the greatest Halloween song, in my opinion, of all time. 
little bit of thriller to get us warmed up here. All right, we're gonna we got eight pounds dancing, dancing the little thriller to thrill. Woo, we're getting fired up here already. Let's go, go. Ahead, Friday, big game. We got eight games coming your way. We're gonna start with a little Southern flair, little Georgia Peach flair. Georgia State minus six at Georgia Southern. Coach Powell, what info do you got us on this game? You know, um, last year, you know, these are both very good teams in their conference. A lot of talk about them. We actually will probably pick them every week. Um, we got a little Georgia State ties with Coach Shauna Elliott's um, really good friends with Coach Bonneville and Coach Summers, tight ends coach, uh, South Carolina product, Coach Stepp. Does a fine job up there, and their offensive line coach up until this past year actually played for Coach Bonneville, so we know a little Georgia State there. Uh, Georgia Southern, I guess, in, term, in terms of travel distance, they're probably the closest Division One school uh, to us in terms of overall distance. I'm maybe I'm pretty I'm not real good at geography, but I'm thinking that's going to be correct. Um, both of them kind of faltered out the gate. Um, Georgia State. Not nearly as good on offense as they have been. Their quarterback that was really good last year, um, uh, he must be injured. I watched him play uh, UL Monroe the other week, and he was not in there. Um, Georgia Southern, man, they've had a, a bad string of all kinds of problems. Um, you riding on the buses. Riding, the apparently, it's not <laughs> safe to ride on top of school buses. But anyways, um, their coach really did a good job while he was there. And uh, I think they're suffering a little bit of effects. Their quarterback was a senior last year and uh, was one of the best quarterbacks in our program's history and uh, transferred to play wide receiver at Louisville. So that's hurt them. Um, on, on the surface, this is a really, really close game if you look at uh, in terms of points scored or points given up and some of the conference games or whatever the case may be. Um, big time in terms of their conference, maybe getting their self Georgia State, potentially getting bowl eligible. I think it's pretty important for them because they're sitting three and four. Um, I think Georgia State – uh, Georgia uh, Southern has got some problems right now. Um, uh, they had a bye week, so maybe that helps them get back uh, together. But I'm going to go Georgia State. Their ability to score points are a little bit better offensively. Um, and maybe they can shut down that Georgia State offense, which has been one-dimensional over the last couple of years. Uh, I'm going to go Georgia State to get the cover. Yeah, good pick, pal. I guess we're <clears throat> easing into this week with this uh... – you know, big game of two hammers uh, coming in. But uh, so, my, you know, I had a little theme this week. I thought, you know, how do I follow up the, you know, my DJ skills and my well, songwriting skills? Uh, it's not going to – it's not as much this week, folks. I, I hate to disappoint you. We're going to go with a little Halloween theme this week is what movie or villain or, you know, horror flick does this – does each game remind me of? And starting off with this banger here, I went with uh, – Hocus Pocus, because this game, neither one of them are scary. Uh, they're just scary bad, I guess. Um, you know, Georgia State, like you said, pal, I think they are a little better. Looking at – they both like to run the ball. Georgia State defensively has been a little bit better against the run. I know they haven't played a an, an option team like Georgia Southern will be, but I just think Georgia Southern's run defense has been very porous this year. Georgia State's going to hammer the rock, and they're going to get the uh, cover on the road. I'm going to take Georgia State as well, minus six. No commentary, just taking Georgia State. Up next, Michigan at Sparty. They're both undefeated. Oh, bing. Little Big Ten showdown. Coach Whitmore, what do you got for us? Yeah, well, the skunk weasels, they're coached by a clown. So the movie It popped into my head. Uh, you know, Pennywise, he was a, a pretty good villain, you know, 
but he's no match for a Spartan. And I think Sparty gets the win at home. Not only do they cover, they're going to win outright with a late field goal. Go, Sparty. I want to apologize for my lack of Halloween movies. Um, I don't like scary movies. I used to get scared watching Unsolved Mysteries and have to watch ESPN <laughs> an hour prior to bedtime if I ever watched that. Well, they were unsolved, so yeah, yeah. still out yeah, there. Yeah, good point. So they should be scary. At least those were true. They are yeah. scarier than Halloween <laughs> movies. Really the clown in the drain is not true, and that yeah. scared me. Uh, yeah. And I had that My Buddy doll when I was a kid, and I was absolutely terrified. My mom bought that for me for Christmas one year, and they had to sleep outside. That is no joke. Um <laughs> So I don't have a whole lot there in terms of Halloween, but Whitmore, he, he's, he's excellent, this kind of stuff. Um, tough game in terms of, you know, I think it has big implications. Um, Michigan State kind of snuck onto the scheme. I think they think Michigan was supposed to be a little bit better this year. Um, again, I really question who these teams have played. I mean, uh, up until this point, um, you know, Michigan beat Wisconsin, who's not very good, beat Nebraska barely. If it wasn't for a fumble at the end of the game, they may have not won. Uh, Michigan State, um, I think, has played a little bit better in terms of what their expectations were. It's at Michigan State, which gives me, you know, I, I don't know. The edge usually goes to the home team, I think, here. Um, I think they're actually going to maybe score some points. Maybe it won't end up in a 37 total after nine overtimes in that, uh, that eventful Big Ten game we watched last week. Um, I, I'm gonna have to go against Whitmore here. Michigan's got two really, really good running backs. I think Michigan is ready. They have to get this win to save their coach's job. I'm going Michigan to get the cover. Okay. <clears throat> this is the Mike Valenti Bowl. Mike Valenti Ooh. is a tremendous Michigan State radio announcer from 97.1 the ticket. If you have not listened to his rant via 2006 against Notre Dame, it is quite worth the listen on YouTube. Coach Whitmore has listened to it with me many times. It is classic. Well, he can't stand hard Paul and khaki pants or Michigan because he's a Michigan State grad. So I'm going to take Mike Valenny and the Spartans not to cover but to win. I'm going right. Michigan State in it in East Lansing. Let's go Spartan. All right. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Can't call Florida it that anymore. Versus Georgia. Can't call it. We can call it that. It's freaking okay. shark radio. Florida versus Georgia. Georgia's minus 14. Big line in this game. Big line. What do we got? Coach Powell. Man, this is, uh, you know, again, should be the premier game on Saturday if you talked about the history of the two programs. Um, particularly you talk about the SEC and, you know, with them being in a, in a neutral site. Um, but Florida, um, last time out, didn't look very good. I'm not convinced that they're uh, amazing. I think defensively they're not nearly as good. Um, I think they got a defensive coordinator that coaches. Speaking that, uh, of the F yeah, correct. Yeah, I'm glad I set you up for that one, there, yeah. Coach Macy. Um, the defensively not very good. Georgia is on a mission. Um, I just think the way they they play that Georgia is not a team that doesn't seem to be looking ahead to anyone. I think they're ready to go now. I do think Georgia has a little bit of potential quarterback issue with you know JT coming back and the the guy who's slightly taller than me even playing very well, um, but. Georgia's the better team. I think Georgia's for real. They don't have a slip-up. They're going to make a statement. However, 14 is a lot, but I'm going to have to go Georgia here. Uh, neutral site. <clears throat> Oof. The only thing that pops into my head with this movie was Chucky because Georgia is Chucky because it's child's play for them this year, man. They are just smoking people. Florida's struggling. That You, know, they, you thought they were kind of hanging in there. They played Alabama close. I guess you could maybe 
kind of forgive them for the loss to Kentucky, <clears throat> but that loss to LSU was just bad. Um, Georgia's rolling this game again. Child's play for the dogs. The dogs roll. Yeah, the D coordinator's <clears throat> name is Todd Grantham. Todd? 49 points to LSU. They scored 42 and lost. <laughs> so because of that reason, I'm taking Georgia minus 14 to run the score up on Grantham's defense. Georgia rolls something like 42 to 20. Go dogs. All right, next. Oh, man, wonder what Coach Whitmore's got in store for this one, pal. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Florida State oh, at Clemson. Clemson continues to be major favorites here. Minus nine and a half. I don't know. Who, who starts this out? I forgot. Where were Me. We Coach, oh, Coach Whitmore <laughs> from the rift. What does this remind you? Yeah, well, this actually started my, uh, I guess, my desire to do a Halloween theme because as sure. soon as I looked at that game <laughs> on the docket here, the only thing that popped into my head was the walking dead. Okay, both of these teams just meandering through the college football season like zombies. And and, and (laughs) I mean, like the really slow zombies. They're not the World War Z zombies that can run and get it. No, they're the slow zombies. Just just, I mean, there's not a whole lot to like the season for both of these teams, just like the series, the walking dead is just dragging on and on and on. It feels like it's never going to end. Oh my gosh. They turn it off. Nobody knows it's still happening, but I'm going to say because of that Florida state, they've won three in a row. They're heading in a different direction. Well, I'm going to say the Tomahawk chop makes its way to the happiest place on earth, north of Disney World. <laughs> the Knowles shocked the world and get the cover. Unfortunately, I can't I say they're going to actually it, shock. They will cover. It won't shock. I don't think anybody who has watched college football over the last seven weeks, um, man, uh, what is in, what is sad is neither one of these teams are ranked. I'm willing to bet that's probably hasn't happened in some in 15 years. Florida State ain't um, been ranked in a long time. Yeah, I know Clemson has just kind of thrown it out there, yeah. but one of the two teams. Okay. Um, pretty sure these were the two last two national titles, uh, uh, national title teams in the ACC probably in the last yeah, 10 years. Like they three maybe, ever. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, three ever. Uh, okay, I don't think and I think more than that. How many Florida State won? No, I mean three teams. Yeah, yeah, well, these three, of course. That's my point. You know what I mean? They, they dominated this ACC conference here. <laughs> Um, it, if walking dead also right now. Uh, this this uh, this game, if the final score could end like five to three, I, I would take it. That's, but unfortunately, Florida State seems to be playing a little bit better. I, the scary part is Florida State has the ability to score points. I think. Okay, I know Clemson. We've been high on their defense, but their defense is not playing particularly well. They got a lot of injuries and seems to be getting a little bit more exposed. Um, they're at home, but nine and a half points versus anybody other than South Carolina State. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, looking at the scores now, they haven't beaten anybody this year by nine and a half points um, other than South Carolina State. Came off a of, uh, loss to Pitt, which I think is a pretty good team. Uh, but I'm going to have to go ball, uh, the Knowles here, unfortunately. Oh. Oh. <clears throat> oh, man, they put up a stat last week. We are actually at Coach Summers' house, his wife's 50th. Birthday, happy birthday, birthday Tina, Tina out there. Birthday. And they, they put up a stat that Clemson was like above 110th in almost all offensive categories. 
They have not scored 20 points against anyone in FBS <coughs> yet this year, which is crazy. It's Only crazy. two teams have done that. Only That's two a, teams. Yes, it, elite it, company. It is crazy. <laughs> Them in Arizona. It, it is the most Ooh. mind-boggling thing, I think, in 43 years of my life watching football, the drop-off in Clemson offense. <coughs> so, with that said, I've got to take the knoll somehow. If Clemson only scores, call it 20 for the first time all year, Florida State just got to eat 13 and they cover. So I guess I'm going to take Florida State and the cover at Clemson. All right, next, Ole Miss going to Auburn. Auburn's minus two and a half. Coach Powell leading us off. This is an easy one. Easy. Easy. Layup. This is a layup. No need to shoot a three-pointer. We make layups. This is Lane Kiffin, boys. Ole Miss, uh, again, I talk about, I think they are good. Defensively, hopefully they're getting a little bit better. Not concerned, not convinced that Auburn offensively is going to be much better. Um, they still have that Heisman Trophy winner. I'm going to go ahead and call it right now on the show. No doubt, Corral, the quarterback from Ole Miss, is the Heisman Trophy winner. Go ahead and sign it, seal it. It is it is a done deal. Um, you know, we're willing to bet some wings on that or something, guys. Um, we can do that. But um, Ole Miss can score points. They're going to hold Auburn enough to get the cover. Ole Miss making a statement, Lane Kiffin. And the boys, a lot of talk about him getting the LSU job. I think he's going to stay right there in Ole Miss for a couple of years. I'm going to go Ole Miss to absolutely dominate this football game. Yeah, Lane Kiffin, uh, man, I I do not see him going anywhere else. I think he'd be crazy to go somewhere else. I think he's got a good thing going there. This was the hardest one for me to pick. Pal, you probably don't know anything about this movie, but the Saw series. I watched three minutes of it and turned off. Yeah, I know it was kind of scary for you, I'm sure. That's correct. Um, and gory. Yeah. Well, Dude had a I, chain on his leg. Lane Kiffin is a lot like the villain Jigsaw. He's very tactical. Things happen kind of behind the scenes, and then, wham, they jump out and get you. It's kind of like Ole Miss's offense. Big plays, big splash plays here and there, going downfield. He's a tactician. He's outsmarts people, and it's kind of unsuspecting. I think Ole Miss, like you said, pal, they are rolling. I actually agree with you on your little Heisman pick this time. Let's go. I think he's the oh, best no the best no player bad. in college football for his team. That's correct. Okay, makes the biggest difference for his team, and usually that wins the award. I think they're just good enough for him to stay in the conversation, <laughs> and these other guys are kind of knocking each other off. I agree, pal. Ole Miss rolls. Is Ole Miss healthy? They had like 19 starters out last week, I heard, or whatever the debacle of Tennessee was. Are they healthy? Are they ready to roll? They're ready to roll, I think, Coach. Are we sure? Okay. I think Jigsaw's smarter than freaking uh, O'Lane Kiffin, smooth Lane Kiffin. But I don't like – not our points for the Tigers. I'm taking Ole Miss as well. They – I don't know if they roll, but they win by 7 to 10. All right, SMU at Houston. we got to pick them. Coach Whitmore leading us off. wonder what this oh. movie will be in Texas. Another layup right here as far as this choice, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, That's God. right, baby. Oh. There Let's we go. go. Yeah, but the only thing that's going to get massacred in this game will be the scoreboard operator's fingers from putting all the points up. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be mashing buttons. buttons. He'll be monster mashing those buttons. Ooh, Ooh, there you go. There's another one. You don't know that. But, um, yeah, I think this is a shootout. It's a pick em. Both offenses are pretty good. I just think that uh, Smooth's a little more balanced there. They're a little more consistent. That's SMU for those of you uh, paying attention at home. I think they get the cover. I think they get the ball last and uh, eke out the win. Even though it's on the road, Houston's good now. They're they're sneaky good, but I think SMU stays in the hunt and gets the win. That's that's you're right. I did not know the 
end of that. But yes, mashing <laughs> fingers is going to be a lot for the scoreboard operator. I've actually watched these two teams a couple of times this year. I know our buddy Coach Stark's going to be a tough one picking two teams um, out of the t- state of two, Texas two while also while also for. trying to pull on the Longhorns, Baylor, and Texas Tech, who fired their coaches past week. But anyways, um, <clears throat> this is a pick them. This these are exciting teams to watch and and. At least this conference doesn't get a whole lot of respect, but I think these two teams could play with anybody, um, you know, minus the top two or three teams in the country. I mean, you know, um, you know, any given day they could win. SMU, I really like their running game, their ability to throw the ball. I'm going SMU to cover, uh, even though with Pickham, I think SMU, like Whitmore says, with the last, whoever gets the ball last, but um, I think SMU is actually going to get a couple of stops here. So I'm going to go SMU with the win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I kind of got mixed up. I went to SMC, so it kind of like kind of messed me up a little bit. Oh, I like SMU's kind of recruiting tactics. They've gone to the national, you know, get paid for your likeness, and gone into Dallas and really talked about that with those Dallas recruits. So they've really upgraded the upgraded the talent the last couple of years. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take SMU as well. SMU, I think I'm liking to win by about I think ten to fourteen. All right, up next, North Carolina travel up South Bend. Hopefully it's nice and cold up there. Notre Dame minus three and a half. Coach Powell, what do you got? Man, uh, North Carolina had high hopes going into the year, you know, return of what they thought everybody in the country thought was potential Heisman uh, Trophy uh, winner. They uh, lost the other week to that Florida State Seminoles, which isn't a very good one. They got beat by Georgia Tech. Well, I didn't think it was very good. Florida State. What's that? Matt Brown has never beat Florida State. Well, we'll have to wait one more year. It's crazy. That is crazy to believe. It's been there a long time. Two different stints. So, um, Notre Dame, uh, I think, is playing a little bit better um, than they have. You know, they got the one setback on the year to Cincinnati on a really tight ball game, um, which is, you know, Cincinnati, We obviously they're they're knocking on the door. They're top two or three team in the country, according to the rankings. Um, At South Bend, I think, obviously gives the advantage to Notre Dame. I'm actually embarrassed to say I haven't watched these teams nearly as much as I would have liked. Um, but I'm going to go Notre Dame, point blank, is the better team. Uh, uh, they're they're going to get the cover. I got them. Yeah, Notre Dame, <laughs> the Catholics, <clears throat> the priests, <clears throat> the exorcists. Oh, I wish – I, I bet – I bet yeah, terrible movie to yeah, watch. Yeah, don't watch it. not sleep. Um, yeah, North Carolina, I think they're hoping that they can visit those Catholic priests and they will exercise some of their demons. But the Catholic priests, they're not too welcoming to those out-of-town teams for the Irish. I think the Irish win by like two touchdowns. I don't see Notre Dame losing this game. And I think, you know, Coach Macy said it early in the week, if Notre Dame wins, they're going to win by more than three and a half points. I got them winning by more than a touchdown. I say the Irish get it done at home. Yeah, I think this line's low because Kyle Hamilton's out for Notre Dame. The injury list continues to pile up in South Bend, and I think he was going to spy Sam Howell. The key to this game will be third down. Is Sam Howell going to take off in the pocket with his feet and get first downs? <clears throat> Hamilton was was going to spy him. He obviously is out at least for a week, maybe longer. Um, so it puts a little bit of question in my head. I'll be cheering <clears throat> for Notre Dame. So, again, I'm going with that statement. If they're going to win, I think it's going to be my more than three and a half. They could easily lose the game, too. Don't get me wrong. Their season seems to be just hanging on by a thin thread at this point. But I'll take Notre Dame minus three and a half as well. All right, final game, Penn State <clears throat> at Ohio State. Huge line in this also, minus 18 and a half for the Bucks. Coach Whitmore, clean us off. 
Man, two powerhouses, two titans of college football, two titans of horror movies, Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. This is Freddy versus Jason. Well, guess what? Penn State is playing the role of Freddy Krueger here. Ohio State is Jason. And uh, there was a movie at the end of those. The thing about Freddy Krueger is, you know, he's there, he's he's tough, he's he's dangerous, <clears throat> but he only exists in your dreams. Oh, so he's not. Ooh, he's fake. He's, he's not fake. Even real. He's not real. If you just say, yeah, he's not that tough. But Jason or, is real. And 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 Penn State, yeah, they're not that good. It usually comes true. Jason, on the other hand, real life. When they met up, Jason got the win. He emerges in the last scene of the movie. He's got Freddy's severed head in his claws. Freddie gets a little wink, but even the director of the movie says Jason won that battle. Okay. Just like the Buckeyes are going to win this battle. They're going to roll. They're going to score early. They're going to score late. They're going to score all the times in between. Ohio State rolls. They're the real deal, baby. Go Bucks! <clears throat> Man, changed his tune a couple weeks ago. He wasn't convinced Ohio State's very good, but I guess those convincing wins against... Uh, uh, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana has got him feeling very good. That a boy, Coach Whitmore. Domination. Um, don't know much about those scary movies, but when I think about this game, I think about the scary movies. That's a fake, a, definitely a fake movie. Penn State is fake, guys. I've been calling it. <laughs> I've been saying this all year. I said it since the first day. They're not good, and Whitmore had me convinced that they were, they were actually a pretty good team. I look at uh, defensively. I think they're pretty comparable. In terms of some of the points given up, Penn State hasn't beaten anybody with the pulse. Two times they played anybody uh, that was decent, they lost. Um, maybe they figured out how to score from the <laughs> two-yard line. <laughs> what, what are we they got doing? In. They got it figured they got out in eventually. Overtime. The score was 20 to 18. They were like nine two, over two for nine on two-point conversions. Jesus, two, man. I'm sorry, two for seven. That's, that's, that's terrible. Um, Ohio State can score. It, it may be close early, but Ohio State's going to put the, the pedal down. I think Ohio State blows them out. However, we probably should have wrote this game down on Monday because the line was 11, oh, and man. now it's 18 and a half. So that's pretty substantial movement there. So doesn't think, matter. All right, it doesn't matter. Go Buckeyes. Yes. Yeah, I was a glutton for punishment and watched that nine overtime <laughs> game against Illinois as uh, Coach Powell calls them. <laughs> and, and the new overtime rules is such, in the third overtime, you get the ball from the three-yard line. Okay, That is a two-point conversion for you football fans from the three-yard line. It took until the eighth overtime for either Penn State or Illinois to score from the three. Those it, big it, ten it, defenses. It, it set football back 100 years. Big ten defense. Oh, oh, my Lord. That's that terrible. That's right. As a Notre Dame fan, I should be cheering for Penn State, but I just simply can't. Uh, Buckeyes roll. I hope they beat them by 50. Let's go. go, Bucks. Let's go. All right. If you're traveling to Hilton Head tonight, kickoff at 730. Again, try to get your tickets beforehand. You know, the old ticket system Beaufort County uses isn't the greatest in the world. So get them before you get out there so you don't have to wait in line. 7.30 kickoff. Leading in the playoffs, Sharks got to play well. They have the region title at hand. They got to keep old Uncle Mo on their side. Let's go Sharks. Go Sharks. Go Sharks.